Good evening. Everyone get a nap this afternoon? I missed mine, so. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7, please. Matthew chapter 7. As you well know, the Gospel of Matthew is the Gospel of the King and the Kingdom. And in chapter 5 through 7, we have what would be considered the laws of the kingdom, the Beatitudes. Here on the, we have the Sermon of the Mount, and we have the Beatitudes before us. And chapter 7 ends with some decisions that one would have to make. There are three contrasts, three sets of contrasts requiring a decision. Chapter 5 of uh, uh, this book, of course, speaks of uh, relationship to others in the Beatitudes. In chapter 6, it's our attitude or conduct towards God but in this chapter, chapter 7, it is life in relationship to self. We need to make the decision either for God or against him. And when we think sometimes that we're not making a decision, we are in fact making a decision. If you're not for me, you're against me. Let me just read through a few verses here and then make a few comments. Just a very simple, well-known portion of Scripture. We've heard it probably many, many times, but it's worth looking at again. Verse 13 of chapter 7, please. Enter by the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because straight is the gate, which really means narrow, and narrow is the way which leads to life, but there are few who find it. There are four couplets that are set before us here. There are two starting points, a narrow and a broad, or a wide. There are two paths, and it's really speaking of lives, paths for our lives. There is the broad and the narrow. There are two outcomes destinations, either life or destruction, and there are two groups or classes of people, the few and the many. And we'll see which one of these we fit into tonight. A simple portion of scripture, but profound, 
in the fact that it speaks of a decision that each of us makes or has to make that has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. Two starting points. Two starting points in life. Now, I don't know where you, where you started, but I started on that broad gate that leads to the broad way. Some, perhaps, at a very early age, realize the condition as a child and enter in through the narrow gate without having spent a great deal on the broad way. Oh, how thankful we ought to be. You know, I've dealt with the young people that have complained that they don't have a testimony after hearing mine. They don't have a testimony because they were born into a godly home with a godly family and they had nothing in the sense of being out in the world and sin that they had to turn from. There was no drastic change that needed to be made. What a blessing it is to be born into a godly family raised on the word of God with parents that glorify the Lord. That's a testimony. And so there are some that, of course, go through this broad gate onto the broad road. It's a multi-lane highway, really. There is the fast lane of hedonism. Anything that you want in the world is there. Wine, woman, and song. Money, and some are in that particular lane on the broad road. There is a, a lane of legalism. People that are going to work themselves towards God. You know, it was said that if, the, if there was a requirement of, for salvation of us pushing a ping pong ball from here to Chicago with our nose, there would be people that would be lining up to do that. Works. People hoping to, to achieve holiness before God hoping to be accepted by God by virtue of what they do. But the word of God says, for by grace are you saved. Not of works, but by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourself but is by God's gracious act through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are some that are on that track, in that particular lane, hurting, heading to a destination that is destruction. There is a lane of exclusivism You belong to us. 
to our organization, to our group. You need to in order to be saved. You need to in order to be accepted by a holy God. We have Mrs. Baker and her writings. We have the Book of Mormons. And we have so many of the other religious systems that yell out their exclusive position. Join us because we are the only means, the only way of achieving acceptance before God. There is the lane of false profession. One that has the details of salvation, but not the reality of it. Has the intellectual knowledge, but not the heart knowledge. It's said sometimes that the distance between eternal salvation and eternal damnation is 18 inches. The distance between your heart and your head. The intellect and the heart. There's some truth to that, isn't there? False profession. In this particular chapter, let's, let me just bring out a little portion about false profession in... Uh, Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There's a profession. The calling of the Lord, Lord. The doing of religious duties. And yet the Lord says, I never knew you lane of false profession. There is the lane of atheism. There is no God. And the word of God says that such a person is a fool. A fool saith, there is no God. And that statement actually is, isn't just simply that there is no God, but the thought is that there is no God for me. I don't want to have God as a standard for my life. I want independence. And so are these, these and many, many others. Pick a, a particular lane that you may like. There are many, many others, of course, on that broad road that leads to destruction. But there is a narrow gate and a narrow road. The narrow gate, if anyone enters in by me, he shall be saved. Remember that little 
picture of the door in the 10th chapter of John. If anyone enters in by me, he shall be saved. The pathway I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's a narrow door. You can't pack up your own goods and take them with you. They won't fit. You come as you are. And the only means of getting to the destination that God has for you is through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is in Christ. The broad road leads to destruction. That's the destination. Now destruction is not cessation of existence. It isn't annihilation. It is separation that's in view. Separation from a holy God for all of eternity. If one doesn't come to Christ, recognizing that their sins are upon them, and that Christ is able and willing to deal with the sin question before a holy God, and they die in their sins, there is eternal separation from God. Death means separation. In the practical sense of physical death, you have the separation of the soul and the spirit from the body, that's physical death. But you have the separation of the soul and the spirit from God. Spiritual death, the second death. And what a terrible condition that is to die in the sin and to be separated from a holy God for all of eternity. God says, you don't want my son. The Father says, you don't want my son. Well, I know of only one place where my son will not be. And that's the lake of fire, the place that I made for Satan and have fallen angels. And if you're willing to follow him there, you go there, but there is the place where there is no Christ in this universe. The only place. This universe is full of Christ. But one place. You reject Christ, I'll take you to the place where you have no Christ. What a condition to face a soul rejected of God because of their rejection of Christ. Terrible condition, destruction, not cessation of life, but a life separated from a holy God. But the pathway for the person that enters in through that narrow gate and walks that 
one single pathway. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Lord Jesus Christ enters into life. God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son hath life. He who has not the Son faces eternal damnation. Do you see the pattern here? The narrow gate is the Lord Jesus. Enter in by him. The narrow way is the Lord Jesus. Walk the way. The life the destination of that is the person of Christ. Salvation isn't anything more than a person, but it's everything from God in that person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, for the two groups, we find that on the Broadway there are many. And so you might say, you know what, I'm in pretty good company, whether it is in my exclusive beliefs, in my organization uh, that, uh, that I'm involved with, or whether it is a, a moral life that I'm living with friends that are all moral, I'm good company. There are plenty of us out here. We can't possibly be wrong. But it isn't in the numbers, is it? It's in the pathway, in the person. God's provision for mankind is his son. We're on that wide path, that wide road, doing what we choose, living a life, as I said, everything from, from hedonism all the way down to a moral standard. And there are some morally sound people but have rejected Christ. You say, well, I haven't rejected Christ. Maybe you've not made an intellectual decision, you think, of rejecting Christ, but you reject Christ by not accepting your own condition before a holy God and his provision in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've made the decision. And that's what it really comes down to this evening Every single one of us, when we walk out of that door, make a decision, either for or against Christ. Either we reckon with the issue of sin in us, the punishment that God delves out for that sin, and we take it on ourselves, or we say, no, Lord, you're my substitute. You're the one that bore my sin and the judgment for it. And now I stand in the righteousness of God before him.
in you, Lord, in Christ. There's a decision to be made. You may think that you have a great deal of time, yet you're not quite at the place to make that full commitment. Many years ago when I came to the Lord, recognized that in fact I was a sinner worthy of a a lost condition worthy of his judgment and punishment and came to the person of Christ when he was introduced to me. I, like so many of the young believers, uh, was stirred and excited with that and brought that news to others. One of them was a young fellow that I used to run around with, an engineer on the railroad called Ron Oliver. And I witnessed to him quite a number of times, and finally he said to me, you know, Al, I see the change in you, whatever little change he may have seen, a little light there. He says, you know, when I'm going to accept Christ, but I'm not quite done sinning yet. Two days later, he was coming back on a train from Yuma, and just west of Indio, he was put into a side track following another train. It is said that he dozed off, ran into the other train, into the rear of the other train, and he was the only casualty killed instantly. He dozed off in time and woke up in a lost eternity if there were no changes in his life during the two days between the time I talked to him and this terrible accident. You may think that you have time, but Satan will steal your time. The word of God says, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Behold, now's the accepted time on that clock. Behold, now is the day on the calendar for salvation. God guarantees your salvation today. He will save you. There's no promise for tomorrow. He may save you tomorrow. But you may go out of that door and get in your car, take a turn around the curve here, and be hit by a drunk driver. And the next step is eternity. What kind of eternity? The decisions that we have to make. And each one of us here this evening makes that decision one way or the other. Some already have made the decision, obviously, for the person of Christ. They've recognized their own sinful condition. They recognize that the, the rags of their own righteousness 
are unworthy before a holy God, that only the righteous garments of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in redemptive power are accepted before a holy God. But there are some here, perhaps, that have yet to make that decision for Christ. Then they make the decision against Christ. Solemn things, a simple portrayal here of two paths, two starting points, two paths, two destinations, and two outcomes for life. The decision is given for us here and now. There is no opportunity beyond time. You know, there are things that we do in time that cannot be undone in eternity. One of those things is this issue of a decision. If we die in our sins, we bear the judgment of those sins. If we die in Christ, then he's borne our judgment us before a holy God. God is a righteous God. When we stand at the, at the bar of the holy God, he doesn't demand payment twice. He only demands payment once for our sins. And I can say either before that judge, I will pay the sin, pay the, for the judgment or pay for the sins myself. Or I can say, here's one that is willing to make the payment, Christ. The judge will accept either one. Which one is it for you today? Is Christ paid? the redemptive price? Or are you willing to do it on your own? The decisions, decisions that we need to make in our lives. Thank God, as I look at, on the faces here, many, many here are, of course, have made those decisions, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we rejoice in that fact. Some I don't know here. And so I'm speaking perhaps to you or perhaps uh, not. I don't know the condition of your heart, but God does. And I just pray uh, without attempting to intimidate or scare you that you come to a sound decision regarding your salvation in Christ Jesus this evening. I'm going to close a little early. I'm going to pay up back my time that I've stolen from you in the past. Let us look to the Lord, our, our most beloved Father and gracious God. 
we come before thee in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how we praise thee, O blessed Father, that he, the eternal Son, flawless, perfect in every way, eternal God, came forth and took upon himself humanity so that he might go to the cross and there give himself in our stead upon that tree, bearing our sins and the judgment of a holy God on those sins so that we, O oh blessed Father, may go free. It is at no cost to us, but at eternal cost to himself. Oh, how we thank thee, Father, for him. We don't understand it. We don't understand the reason why a holy God just didn't eliminate all of, the, all of humanity and start anew, but paid the ultimate price himself. And by virtue of that precious blood shed for us, the price of redemption has been paid. And now, O oh blessed Father, those of us that have placed our trust in the person of our Lord Jesus have been redeemed unto thyself. We pray, O oh gracious God, if there be anyone here this evening that has yet to make that decision for Christ, that by the Spirit of God that would speak to their hearts, and that they, O oh Lord, might indeed recognize themselves as sinners without the ability to bear themselves up before thee so that thou would accept them in their state, but that they might run to the person of Christ and take him as their substitute, as the one who died for them. We ask this, O gracious Father, in the most holy and lovely name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.